Bible to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Tonight we're going to be ministering on or talking about failure is not an option. Failure is not an option. Turn to your neighbor and say, failure is not an option. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Just lift your hands and give God praise. Oh, my, my, Failure is not an option. Failure is not an option. Well, life is about acquisition. That's what it's all about spiritually. That's what it's all about physically. And that's what it's all about financially. And see, as you grow older, you should accumulate more. I'm saying it again. As you grow older, you should accumulate more. Not only in financial things, but in wisdom and understanding. Come on, say amen, somebody. Think about it. Abraham didn't do his best until he was 100 years old. Amen. So the older you get, the smarter you're supposed to become. So here in Ephesians 4.13, it says, Till we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a what? Perfect man, unto the what? measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Every year we should grow in the fullness of the stature of Christ. Somebody say every year. Every year you should expect to be spiritually smarter. Let me say it again. Every year you should expect to be spiritually smarter and growing more in everything God tells you to do. There should always be growth in your life. And say it again. There should always be growth in your life. And see, that comes from understanding God's word. God expects us to grow up. And say it again. God expects us to grow up. That's why he says, until you become a perfect man or a mature man. God expects you to mature. Are you with me out here? If you keep reading in verse 14, it says that we henceforth be no more children. That means he expects us to grow up spiritually in all other areas of our lives. That we be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of man and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie and wait to deceive. Then he says it again, but speaking the truth and love may grow up. May what? Grow up and, and into him in how many things? All things which is ahead even Christ. Tell your neighbor, God expects you to grow up in him in all things. Turn to 1 Corinthians 3 1, where Paul alludes to the same thing. God expects us to grow up, folks. God expects us to grow up. God expects us to grow up. 1 Corinthians 3 1, Paul says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, 
but as unto what? Carnal, even as unto babes in what? Christ. They were one time babies in the faith. So there were spiritual things that Paul could that Paul could not teach them and they could not handle. Come on, say amen, somebody. So he had to feed them like babies, spoon feed them slowly, because he says in verse 2, I have fed you milk and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to what? Bear it. Neither yet now you are able. For you are yet what? Carnal. Whereas there is among you envying, strives, division. And are you not carnal and walk as men? See, there are certain things you should have grown out of by now. Oh, let me say that again. There are certain things that you, have should, you should have grown out of by now. And these are just a few. He says, you walk as mere men. In other words, you're supposed to be above a lot of petty stuff that ordinary people are dealing with. Come on, are with me out here? You're supposed to be walking above the status of a mere man. Matter of fact, the Living Translation reads it this way. Living Bible Translation. It says, for you are still only baby Christians, controlled by your own desires, not God's. When you are jealous of one another and divide up into quarreling groups, doesn't that prove you are still babies wanting your own way? Then it says, in fact, you're acting like people who don't belong to the Lord at all. <laughs> That's pretty deep. You're acting like people that don't belong to the Lord at all. The New Living Translation reads it this way. For you are still controlled by your sinful nature. You are jealous of one another, one another and quarrel with, one, quarrel with each other. Doesn't that prove you are controlled by your sinful nature? Aren't you living like people of the world? We're not supposed to be acting like we don't belong to God. And we're not supposed to be living like people of the world. Let me say that one more time. We're not supposed to be acting like we don't belong to God. And we're not supposed to be living like people of the world. That means it's time to grow up in some areas of our lives. Come on, say amen, somebody. Listen, we shouldn't be in the same state that, we're even, that we were in last year. You should be constantly increasing spiritually, physically, and financially. Let me say that again. You should be constantly increasing spiritually, physically, and financially. You should have more money than you did yesterday. You should have more faith than you did yesterday. Why? Because you heard the word and you continue to hear the word. And we know faith comes by hearing. Listen, faith doesn't stack up and doesn't reside. It cometh. It cometh. Every day of your life, there ought to be some church in you somewhere. Every day of your life. Tell your neighbor, every day of your life. Hearing something somewhere so that you can what? So that you can grow. Come on. You should start your day hearing something instead of heard something. Why? Because faith cometh. But faith coming. Faith coming. Me and my wife, we start our day out with BBOBN, Believer's Voice of Victory Network. 
with Pastor George Pearson and, and Gloria Copeland talking about prosperity. Gary Keese is talking about fixing the money thing. Come on, come on, say amen, somebody. Kenneth Copeland talking about faith. Bishop Butler, come on, all the faith teachers. That's how we start our morning off at 5 o'clock in the morning after we prayed. After we prayed. After we read a word. Oh, not Baba Sheikh. Come on, say amen, somebody. Why? Because life is about acquisition. To your neighbor, life is about acquisition. Listen. When you retire in life, really, you shouldn't have to cut back financially. Oh, come on. Come on. Same answer. You should actually live better than you did when you were working. I got a couple amens out here. But most people do the exact opposite. Why? Because they live on the Babylonian system. Hello? Why? Because they feel they can't acquire anymore. They can't acquire anymore after they retired, so they watch their monies so that they can last as long as they live. Oh, I'm preaching good in here. But if you live your life by your giving, and you don't forget to name your seed, or don't forget where your harvest is coming from, you will always have more than enough. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. But it's all about acquisition. Tell your neighbors, it's all about acquisition. Now, somebody may say, well, those days are over. Forget about those days. Why? Because we're looking forward. Tell your neighbor, I'm looking forward. See, I, I say forget about those days because why? Your past will never see your future. Do you hear me? So let's deal with our future. Let's deal with our what? Future. Let's talk about failure is not an option. Say it again. Failure is not an option. Why? See, when you take the option out, then failure won't happen. Do you hear what I just said? When you take the option out, then failure won't happen. And as you grow, that option will kick in or should kick in. That doesn't happen to me no more. Let me say it again. As you grow, that option should kick in. That doesn't happen to me anymore. Amen. Come on, say amen, somebody. We'll turn to Isaiah 65, 24. Isaiah 65, 24. God says, and it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are yet speaking, I will hear. Oh, somebody say, I received that. Listen, you should have everything you need before you do it because what? Of the God you serve. God says, before you ask, I'll answer so that when you step, it will be there. 
Oh, you didn't hear what I just said. God said, before you ask our answer, that, so that when you step, it will be there. And what stops a lot of things in our lives is failure. People failing to get into the word. Failing to come to church. Come on, say amen somebody. Failure to tithe. Failure to pray. And on and on and on. Failure should not be an option. Why? Because it hinders you. Turn neighbor, it hinders you. And see, a lot of times we made excuses for failure. But if we took the option out, we would do a lot, we would do things a lot quicker. Are you with me out here? Those things that God wants us to do. Are you with me out here? So you have to take failure out of your life. So you have to do what? Take failure out of your life as an option spiritually, physically, and financially. Let me say that again. You have to take failure out of your life as an option spiritually, physically, and financially. Say spiritually, physically, and financially. Failure is not an option. Turn to Second Kings 4.1. Second Kings chapter four, verse one. Notice it says, Now there cried a woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elijah, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. First of all, if you look at this story, no man should leave his wife in debt. Hello? No man should leave his wife in debt. I said, can I get an amen out there? Listen, this man was under a man's ministry that understood, oh, no man, nothing but to love him. He was one of the sons of the prophet Elisha. Are you with me out here? And this girl's in trouble. And, those, and in those days, they came and got whatever they could get. And now they're going to take her two sons and they're going to sell them. So in verse 2, it says, Elijah said unto her, what shall I do for thee? Now, he didn't say, okay, baby, I'm going to send you some flowers. Give you a little money and send you on your way. No, failure is not an option for this man. Failure is no option for this man. He has no option to it. Come on. He says, what do you want? He said, what do you want? See, it don't make any difference what she would say. That has nothing to do with, do with, do with Elijah because why? Failure is not an option in his eyes. 
He says, what shall I do for thee? Underline that. He said, what shall I do for thee? Then he says, tell me, what hast thou in thy house? What hast thou in the house? Tell me what you got in your house. You need to underline that too. Tell me what you got in your house. And she said, thy handmaid has not anything in the house save a little pot of oil. <laughs> what was Elisha looking for? He was looking for a seed. Now, she don't think her seed is much. But an oak tree comes from an acorn that fell into the ground. Come on, are you with me out here? Verse 3 said, then he said, go, bar the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. Somebody say borrow not a few. Now, this is not a barely get by thing, folks. First, he says, think about it. First, he says, what do you want? Second, he asks, what do you have? Now he says, do something you've never done before in your life. All right, listen to me out here. In other words, you're not going to be moved by your thinking. You're going to be moved by my thinking now. Come on, with me out here. This man is at a level because why? He's teaching prophets. Verse 4, and when thou art come in, he says, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons. Why? Because people that don't understand this revelation, they don't need to see it because they can only criticize something they know nothing about. And you don't need their doubt or anything they have to say. That's why he says, shut the door upon you and your sons. Nobody else needs to see this. Come on, say amen, somebody. And shall pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is what? For, in other words, every one of these vessels, listen to it now, listen to his talking. Every one of these vessels are going to be full. There is no option for failure here. He says, every one of these vessels are going to be full. Come on. So she went from him, shut the door upon her and upon her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. But I like the beginning of the next verse. And it came to pass. And it what? And it came to pass. Come on. We are in it came to pass days, folks. Oh, come on. Let me try to say. We are in it came to pass days. And it came to pass. And it came to pass when the vessel was full, just like he said, that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, there is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. Now, think about this now. It says, when the vessels were full. 
Now, people get excited when they see manifestation. But he's not just trying to get her and her boys out of debt here. That's where most people stop. People say, I want to be debt free. Well, the homeless are debt free. <laughs> they ain't got no house note. They ain't paying no electricity bill. They sleeping on the ground. People feed them. <laughs> so the homeless are debt free. Come on, say amen, somebody. So don't just believe God to be debt free. Believe for the same amount you're in debt for to be the same amount of money you have in liquid cash in the bank. Do you hear what I just said? Now, you got something when you got liquid cash in the bank and you out of and you out of and you out of but just because you got your manifestation listen, the fat lady hasn't sung yet. Come on, say amen, somebody. And he says, when the vessels were full, don't stop there. Don't stop there. Don't stop there. Don't stop there because why? God is generational. Somebody say God is generational. We know Proverbs 13, 22. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. And we know the wealth of the sinners laid up for the just. See, God's not just thinking about you. God's thinking about your children and your children's children. Come on, say amen, somebody. See, you're thinking I'm full, but God wants to go beyond you just being full. He wants your children full. He wants your grandchildren full. He wants your great-grandchildren full. Somebody say amen out there. So he says in 2 Kings 4, 6, And it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that he said unto her, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more in the oil. What? Stay. Why? Because God's not a waster of anything. Somebody say, God's not a waster. Remember, after he fed those 5,000 men and all the women and children, he said, Pick up the fragments. Come on. To most people, that was just junk and crumbs. Jesus, it was 12 baskets of blessings. Come on, say amen, somebody. But notice what she does. And then verse 7 says, then she came and told the man of God. Why? Because he's the one that told her failure was not an option. I'm on verse 7. Because he's the one that told her that failure was not an option. And he said, go sell the oil and pay thy debt. And that's where most people stop. But he didn't stop where he said that. He didn't stop there. He said, go and pay thy debt and live. Thou and thy children of the rest. So there's not 
there's no option of failure for your children so that there's no option of failure for your grandchildren so that there's no option of failure for your great children he said I want you to live out the right because I don't even want option of failure in your entire generations to come after you but you're going to have to believe you have to believe Isaiah 65 24 once again look at it again and it shall come to pass that before they call, uh, you got to believe this, I will answer. And while they are yet speaking, I will hear. You're not only going to have to believe this, but you're going to have to know it and not be moved by what you see. Say amen, amen somebody. Amen. So go back to Second four, Kings 4, 3, because I want to I wanna home in on something. Where he said, then he said, go borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, empty thy, even, empty, empty, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. He says, borrow not a few. Borrow not a few. You have to get the option of failure out of your mind and out of your mouth. Say it again. You have to get the option of failure out of your mind and out of your mouth. Out of your mind and out of your mouth. If it's coming out of your mouth, it was first placed in there by Satan in your mind. Say amen, somebody. Which is what? The soulish realm. Your mind, your will, and emotions, which controls most of us. Come on, say amen, somebody. But we should be controlled by our spirit through a transformed mind and a crucified body. Come on, say amen. That's what scripture said. Look at Romans 12 too. It said, be not conformed to this world, but be what? Transformed by the what? Renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable, perfect will of God. You're transformed, you're transformed by the what? Renewing of your mind with the what? With the word of God. Then look at Galatians 5.24. It says, and they that, they that are Christ have crucified the flesh. With the affections and lust, if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit, if you want to be controlled by your spirit, it comes to transformation, transform, transformation of your mind and the crucifying of that body. Say amen, somebody. God wants you to believe. God wants you to believe. What's he want you to believe? He wants you to believe the unbelievable so that you can receive the impossible because it can be done. It is doable. Come on, say amen, somebody. God wants you what? Believe. See, but your mind will go, whoa, that's impossible. That's why God is calling, telling you, you have to believe it. Tell me, believe it. So get the option of failure out of your mind and out of your mouth. There's a lot of things we do in the flesh. And it ends up in failure. But we should learn from it and say, that won't happen to me again. Let me say it again. We should learn from it and say, that will never happen to me again. We should learn from it and say, 
that will never happen to me again. It's part of growing up. We should learn, we should learn from it and say, that will never happen to me again. And see, we're not there yet. None of us have arrived yet. Because why? Life is about acquisition. We have to come to where God is. God is up here, folks. So we have to get our option of failure out of our mind and out of our mouth. Write this down. Be fearless in going to God with an open heart. Be fearless in going to God. Be fearless in going to God with an open heart, a clear conscience, and great expectation. Be fearless in going to God with an open heart, a clear conscience, and a great expectation. When you go to God, you have to be fearless. Somebody say fearless. What does Hebrew 4.16 says? Let us do it for what? Do what? Come what? Boldly to the what? Throne of grace that we may what? Obtain mercy and find what? Grace to help in the time of need. That's coming before God fearlessly, folks. Unlike Luke twenty two forty two, when Jesus was saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will. Not my will. But thine will be what? Be done with a clear conscience, transformed with great expectation. See, you're pregnant with revelation and you're pregnant with manifestation. Somebody say, I'm pregnant with revelation and I'm pregnant with manifestation. Why? Because failure is not an option. Because what? Failure is not an option. Say this loud and clear. Loud and clear. I cannot fail. Come on, say it again like you mean it. Say, I cannot fail. One more time. I cannot fail. Teenagers, you should be yelling louder than anybody. I cannot fail. Why? Because you're serving a God who has never failed. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. And he wants you to come up to where he is because why? Love never fails. And see, we got to quit believing that barely getting by stuff. Quit believing that barely getting by stuff. You'll ne- Listen, you will never impoverish God. Go back to 2 Kings 4.3 where he says, Then he said, Go borrow the vessels abroad to all thy neighbors, and even empty vessels, borrow not a few. But all I got is this. Borrow not a few. But all I got is this. See, we're not worried about what you got. We're concerned about what the person who told you what you want has. Come on. That's why, listen, that's why we don't deal with needs. He says, what do you want? He didn't ask her what you need. He asked her, what do you want? Why? Philippians 4.19, 
My God shall what? Supply all your needs according to your riches and glory. He said he's already going to supply your needs. Is that true or not? Come on, is that true or not? So you don't have to tell him what you need. You tell him what you want. Come on, say amen, somebody. Why? Listen to this now. If you get what you want, you'll destroy all your needs. When you have what you want, you won't even think about a need. Why? Your wants will start to consume you, folks. Now, people may call it greed, but it's called growing. It's called growing in the word because why? Psalms 23 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Come on, say amen, somebody. James 1 4 says, let patience have her perfect work that you may be entire wanting, wanting nothing. Psalm 34.10 says, the young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not, shall not want any good thing. Why? Because you can't impoverish God with your wants. God said, borrow not a few. In other words, God said, always aim for more than enough. Let me say it again. Always aim for more than enough. God never gives you just enough. He's always a more than enough God. If you got just enough, that was not God. But if you got more than enough, that was God. And it comes down to trusting God. Why? Because trust will always give rise to word and action. Psalm 29, 25 says, The fear of men bring up a snare. But whosoever what? Put if his trust in the Lord shall be safe. That's Psalms 29, 25. They kind of missed it back there. Amen. See, God's looking for people to trust him. And your actions will tell if you really trust him or not. Let me say it again. Your actions will tell if you really trust him or not. See, the world needs people who believe, folks. The world needs people who believe. Why? Because people get excited about people who believe. And the question I have to ask for you, are people excited about you? Are they excited about you? Come on. Do you believe? See, the world needs people who what? Who believe. You must, listen, you must aim to be what God has made you, folks. God has made you the head and not the tail. God has made you above and not even Deuteronomy 28. Come on, say amen, somebody. You shouldn't be struggling. You should be above and not beneath. Hello. But if you're not there, that means you're still the tail. Let me make this statement. We should be 
the wealthiest people in St. Thomas and in the Caribbean. I'm saying it again. We should be the wealthiest people. Come on, say, I should be the wealthiest person in St. Thomas and the Caribbean. Why? Because failure is not an option. Because what? Failure is not an option. We have to start aiming higher, folks. Turn to anybody, I got to start aiming higher. Come on. Why? Because we're people who believe. Do I have any believers in the room? We got to start aiming what? Higher. See, a mind stuck on lack can't produce anything but lack. Let me say it again. Let me say it a different way. A mindset stuck on lack can produce an abundance, can't produce abundance of anything but lack. Let me say it one more time. A mindset stuck on lack can't produce an abundance of anything but lack. And that's what Elijah was telling this woman. Her husband was under Elisha's ministry. He was under Elisha's Elisha's ministry. But he never understood a thing Elisha said. I'm talking about Elisha. Double portion Elisha. What happened? His actions spoke louder from the grave than what he did when he was alive. Think about how many people have left, have left this thing since we've been here. Left the faith movement. Left the word of faith. Come on, say amen, somebody. Some of them are struggling, beating their brains out. Come on, say amen. Yep, but they can quote the Bible from A to Z. Preach up a storm. Come on, say amen, somebody. They, do, they can do some, some they, they can flat out do some stuff. But they never received it. Most of it was just mental assent instead of heart said. Because if you really received it, we would see it. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. And you see, we've been taught failure. We've been taught failure on the job. Come on, say amen, somebody. We've been taught failure growing up. Amen. The doctors tell you, you know, they say something, they, you expect it. But it's time for us to grow up. And say failure is not an option. Tell your neighbor, failure is not an option. Tell somebody else, failure is not an option. I say, I cannot fail. I cannot fail. Come on, I cannot fail. Say it like you mean it. I cannot fail. Now give God praise like you believe it so. Father, we give you praise. Father, we give you glory.
Father, we give you honor that we cannot fail. Come on, we cannot fail. We cannot fail. Why? Failure is not an option. That's why we're going to be the wealthiest people in St. Thomas. Hallelujah. Some of y'all remember, I've been saying this since we from from Anna's Fancy. That we're going to be the most prosperous church in the Caribbean. (laughs) Anybody remember that? Why? Because failure is not an option. Father, we thank you. Father, we praise you, Lord. Father, we give you glory. Father, we give you honor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, O Lord. Hallelujah. We will never, ever again accept failure because we're growing up in the things of God. We're growing up in the word of God. We're growing up in faith. Come on, we're going from faith to faith, from glory to glory. Come on, say amen, somebody. I'm not the same person I used to be. Come on, I'm going to have more money than I had yesterday, more faith than I had yesterday, more word than I had yesterday, more prayer than I had yesterday. Give more than I did yesterday. Come on, give God glory. Why? Because God wants me to grow up. And I'm growing up. I'm growing up. I'm growing up. I am growing up. And I'm going to become the mature person that God sees me as. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank and we praise and we glorify you, Lord. 